0: Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the association of independent mortgage experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Change Wholesale. Change Wholesale gives brokers an unfair advantage. The groundbreaking community mortgage from Change Wholesale is the only owner-occupied mortgage that doesn't require income or employment documentation. Fewer requirements, more closing. That's the Change Wholesale Unfair Advantage. Get connected with Change Wholesale by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. Welcome back everyone to another Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I'm the president of membership here over at AIM. Um, also have my own broker shop, uh, Priority Mortgage Lending, here in the great mitten state of Michigan. Uh, really excited about today. Uh, this this guy, I'm, I'm telling you, he's gonna drop a lot of knowledge on you today. Hopefully I'm not pumping you up too much, Robert, but I'm telling you, this this guy, he's, he, he's he's someone that you're gonna to wanna to listen to this podcast. So today I'll be interviewing the broker owner of Third Street Financial, Robert Mahaffey. Robert, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Mark. I'm glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. So, hey, listen, I, 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 say, I say this every time and that's okay, I don't mind repeating myself. I love hearing stories about how people got started in this industry, because I still really, unless it was family oriented, I still really haven't found anyone that said, yeah, when I was a little boy, a little girl, I really wanted to do mortgages.
1: so So hit me yeah so so i'll I'll tell you a little bit about that um so when i got out of college i i jumped into the the it solution provider field and i worked for a publicly traded company i was an account executive that kind of at that time that was during y2k and and at that time my role was to um, be the account executive and sell large very large point of sale rollouts um, to uh, franchises and corporations. So, for example, um, I had the Regis Hair Salons brand, which mm-hmm. was, I mean, it, back when we used to go to shopping malls, <laughs> you'd walk into a mall and you'd have Master Cuts, you'd have Pro Cuts, you'd have Smart Style, you'd have Trade Secrets. They would have like seven stores in each mall, and then it and then it branched out to when they had um, the the haircut Smart Style that's in most WalMarts. And so we kind of helped facilitate and sell what we called like a salon in a box, where we would send this box of the computer system, we would color code all the cables or our techs would, and they would send it to a salon where a hairstylist could basically plug and play. Really? So, so yeah. So, so I, and then we worked on some stuff for Subway and LensCrafters, and it it was a lot of fun. It was very, very challenging, of course, during the Y2K time to be in in uh, technology, um however and, and i'll share some about this uh, it was a publicly traded company and um if you've never worked in the publicly traded company space everything's about posting numbers and hitting numbers whether it's real or not and i say that tongue in cheek but it's like hey you sold this this big deal let's invoice it before quarter in so that it bumps our sales numbers up yeah. etc and and from a sales perspective, an account executive, that caused a lot of issues because you'd invoice the client, the client would come back and say, "Robert, I haven't even received the product yet," you know, like, and we're already at day fifteen of your invoice, you know, so so it caused a lot of strife, and and um, I had some other like companies that that uh, that ended up like going under, and, and at the time, the company that I worked for. Their their uh, issue with salespeople was if your accounts receivable went over 30 days on what you sold, then we're going to start dinging your commission 1% of the outstanding amount. And that was a big problem for me, especially in the way that they wanted us to invoice and ship products. So right. um, I say all that to, to tell you that I had become really good friends. I played college basketball in Mount Vernon, Ohio. And and my boss was also a former college basketball player. And so we we became really good friends. We would play in, in the local leagues here in Cincinnati. We'd play in, in back when, you know, the three-on-three hoop it up was there. We went yeah. very far into – we went to the finals in mm-hmm. Cincinnati and lost. and And so we got very close. But then that dynamic caused some serious issues in the way that professionally – you know hey i need you to invoice this but it's not ready i don't want to do this my customer is going to get mad at me so ultimately i made the decision to resign and um my wife and i we didn't have kids at the time yet but my wife and i were at some friend's house on a friday night for dinner and i had just resigned and um my friend was a mortgage broker uh for one of the largest brokers in the state of ohio at the time and he's like man you should get into mortgages and, and so, I look. I had spent the first two and a half years of my career de- dealing with corporate budgets, and if you've ever done that, you know that like they get frozen and they can't spend. It's like, hey, you know, Mark, we're we're having a bad quarter. I need you to stop spending. Well, I have money left to spend. It doesn't matter. You can't spend it, right? And so, doing mortgages for me became a complete 180 because instead of a corporate budget where other people were making the decision. I was dealing with people, people's personal budget and it was very, very easy and clear to say, look, Mark, this is saving you money. You This is a no brainer. We've we've done a return on investment and look at what this refinance will save you and allow you to do other things. So it was a complete 180. The funny part about that story was uh, my mom, she passed away a couple of years ago from breast cancer, but she was a huge inspiration to me in a big part of my life. And the day that I resigned, I called her. And it just so happened that his, uh, kid you not, Mark, the Today Show had run a story that morning on a Friday morning of the most hated uh, professions in the United States. And number one was used car salesmen, and number two at the time was mortgage brokers. This is really yeah. And and so I told my mom that I had resigned and I was going into the mortgage business. And she goes, Robert, what have you done? <laughs> like like she, was, she was so so disappointed in me. So Um, You know, the state of Ohio back, this is before NMLS and everything. And at the time they had said, you have to be in the business for three years before you can go on your own. Um, Mark, I knew I was going on my own from day one. I had always had that aspiration of, you know, at the time climbing the corporate ladder or even owning my own company and having all of the benefits and autonomy and freedom that comes with that. And so I basically kind of just paid my dues. The, the shop that I went to was called Randall Mortgage at the time. It was it was um, a young, energetic shop because the the kind of um, mindset and for growth was that they would recruit straight out of Miami University and, and since University of Cincinnati. And so you get young guys in. It, it was a very young environment, which made it difficult because there were four or five of us that really treated it as, as a profession. And wanted to, you know, attend our closings and do right by the customer, et cetera. And at the time, the guys in college were like, let's send the biggest fee to the closing table as possible and hide under our desk until it closes.
0: <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so, so, so there was a, there was a dynamic there. But, but for me, it was, I want to go on my own as soon as I possibly can. So my um, manager at Randall had left Randall and started Third Street Financial he had a he had a one year non compete in the state of ohio so he founded the company in the state of florida and founded it as an s corp and immediately started doing business in the state of florida the the problem with that mark was this was when i mean this worst timing possible right this was end of 2006 and i officially took over ownership of third street financial january 1st of 2007 worst time possible to take over and go on your own right oh yeah right so so, but the benefit for me at the time and i think a lot of brokers that have been in the business this long can attest to this that was back in the days where we didn't automatically have fha you you had to like in order to be able to do fha as a broker you had to be part of a big shop or you had to have a significant net worth it was around uh, you might remember this more than i do It was around late 2008, early 2009, where they said, okay, you can be sponsored by a wholesale lender to start doing FHA. So the only reason that I believe I survived on my own was because I was only doing a paper loans. I was doing referral based business and a paper loans, and then I was introduced to FHA from that perspective. So. I've owned, I've owned to, uh, Third Street Financial since 2007. I've been in the mortgage business since 2003. Um, I ran to, uh, Third Street Financial as like a, a one-man show for a long time. I started out with a contract processor who I eventually hired. And then as my production grew, um, I continued to grow my team. And I just kind of naturally attracted loan officers. Like, for example, one of my wholesale reps came in one day and she's like, look, my husband's looking to move. Would you entertain, you know, him moving his license to you while he contemplates his next move? And I said, absolutely. But my goal is to make him happy enough that he ends up staying. And, you know, he's one of my best friends today, uh, you know, of over five years. And so that's kind of happened. I have have a guy that's one of my loan officers that used to have his own broker shop, and he's 71 years old. He said, I don't want to run it anymore. I just want to do loans. Can I come and join you? And so I've kind of naturally attracted those people and um, built my systems and, and you know, services around that and the way that, that I lead and manage and try to be very very um, hands-off as much as possible, but also provide inspiration and you know, like trying to coach them on a better way. And so today I have 12 employees and we're licensed in eight states and growing and um, super excited about the direction that we're ha- headed. And I still produce at, at a, you know, a, a high level and, and have built a large team. So
0: that's awesome. I mean, that's I love the progression and all of that. It's it's almost like you know we have we have a lot of people coming over into to our world, our our channel, and it's like that's probably the proper progression to go through to make sure you're successful instead of just saying I'm opening up my own broker shop at 100 L.O.'s. Yeah, and it's it's not going to work. Um, and for the record as well, I played college basketball as well. But with <laughs> with with that being said. So you you have these people on here. Um, obviously, marketing training is probably a big big thing for you. D- d- tell tell me like what marketing techniques you use. How do you get business through the door? Well, I so so I've always been a
1: shaking hands and kissing kissing babies guy. Like mm-hmm. I have told and and I don't I don't I think you knew this. I also um, am a coach with uh, Kai McBride's company, and so um, I've done that for the last three years. And so I tell all of our clients this. I tell my my loan officers this. I've tried to make it a point ever since I got into the business that somehow, some way without being forceful, what I do for a living comes up in the conversation. And I Mm -hmm. think that's just a very organic way to grow referrals. Like, you know, the old like um, Tim Taylor home improvement show where he's talking to Wilson across the fence. You know, I, I can tell you, Mark, I had that exact same type of thing with one of my neighbors and we're having a conversation. I'm like, Oh, you know, Pat, like, I had this client today that I was doing a refinance for, you just slide it into the conversation like that. And then they're like, Oh, Robert, you do mortgages, right? So I've tried to build my referral business very organically like that. But then also very, very heavy realtor based, Um, you know, you do a good job, you build relationships. My thing has always been that once I work with a real estate agent, we kind of get to the point where we do life together. you know super bowl parties you know um i so one of the broker the real estate broker shops that i'm the preferred lender for i get to go on their um president's club trip every year we go to vegas and you know we go to dinner we go to the uh dream racing place we have gone and drove the Razor cars you know and and so you end up doing life with people you become friends you know they're you know their kids and and this is very similar to what you do you just kind of invest yourself in people to where it, like they don't even think about not using you. They're invested right. in you and they want to make sure that there's food on the table for your kids and everything else. And so that's kind of how I built it. Now, with that being said, you know, this and and most of the people that are listening to this um, you know, podcast, marketing has changed significantly. And and if you, I, I mean, I made a huge joke about this yesterday on social media, and I don't know if you saw it or not, but, like, I did the whole call me maybe, you know, Carly Ray Jepsen song, and I'm like, the way that loan officers still think they can market is when refinances dry up, they're like, hey, I just met you, here's my business card, call me maybe, you know, and and you can't do that anymore, you know, like you can't go in with rate sheets and donuts and and that's the old way that people did it. We've got to provide more value than we ever right. have before. And we have to do that before we ask for anything. And so like one of the biggest things that that I've started and, and I know that other people have started. I saw that you had Emmett Dempsey on here the other day and, and he's been able to start this as well. I started, a, it, and it wasn't easy to do, um, I started a Realtor Mastermind where okay. where I took, uh, Real Producers is in my area in Cincinnati. I don't know if it's in in most people's areas. They do a ranking every single month of the top 150 agents, and they send that magazine to the top 550. So So I sponsored in the magazine, I got access to the list, and then I started to market to the 150. And my goal was, that I was going to basically be like the Jimmy Fallon of the show, right? Or the Johnny Carson. And so what I would do and what I have done is I would go get a top speaker. So the very first week I swung for the fences and I got the number two real estate agent in the city of Cincinnati. I had not done any business with him before we had met. I spoke at one of his events um, through the real producers group, not directly asked by him, but the real producers group had asked and so I got him to agree to do it. And like, I'm selling him a dream. Like, I want to create this mastermind. I got him to speak. And all I did, Mark, was interview him. I had like eight questions. I interviewed him. I don't I don't interject mortgage at all in the show. And I don't sell in the show. It's just, I'm a talk show host. And so I then got him to agree to speak. And I invited the entire 150 real estate agents to be there. And the first week, I had thirteen show up. And so i I have now repeated that. And Tuesday of this week, we just did our tenth one. We had to take some breaks for the holidays because you couldn't get people to speak or whatever. And I've got people booked out for the next you know, five, six weeks all the way through February. And so number one, it's all realtors love to talk about themselves, and they love mm-hmm. to talk about business. Like, it's like, I'm just Mark. I want to interview you. Please tell me about your business kind of similar to this. And so, so I get them on there, I get them talking. And then one of the things that I've learned to do, and it took me about six or seven shows to do this is I learned to repeat things that they say. Yeah. So that Then I can rip that content and I have it too. But, but one of the biggest things that, that my coach, Kai McBride said, um, and I've told other people to do this is, I do it on zoom. It's virtual and I record it. And so at the end I have this 45 minute recording of the, the mastermind and I take it and I rip, I've, i you know, learn this skill. I know I can outsource it, but until, until I really know what I'm looking for in terms of content, I haven't been able to, you know, Hey, Fiverr go do this for me or somebody else. And so I rip the content up and I create reels for the agent. And then I send it to him and I say, "Hey, Mark, thank you so much for being my guest. I learned a lot about you. I think it was great. Whether we ever do a deal together or not, I know that that I've gained a new friend, and and hopefully we'll get to work together. But uh, I wanted to give you something. So one, here's the whole recording of our of our mastermind, and two, here's twelve reels that I cut for you without me in it, and I put a title at the bottom of something that you said, and I want you to be able to use those." However, you want. And and like they're man, thank you so much. That's amazing. I can't believe you did this, right? And so 10 weeks in, I've got 10 hours of recorded content. I've had over a hundred people, different agents, over a hundred different agents attend the mastermind live because at the last five minutes of the mastermind, I open it up for questions from the other people mm-hmm. that attended. And so it's been a, it's been a big hit. I can tell you that that so far I've had four out of the top 6 agents in the entire city of Cincinnati I don't get a deal from any of them currently but it's a it's an organic thing where now I'm investing in them so one of the guys is having an event tomorrow night where he's bringing a comedy guy in it's a client event my wife and I are going we're just investing in him we're building a relationship and then I believe that organically I'll get in to be like maybe his second or third lender and get a couple of deals because for me if i if i can grow my network by 12 agents that all send me one deal next year boom that's one more loan a month for yep. me. you know and then it's a I, lot of money yeah for sure for sure so so i think like again the marketing aspect has changed and we have to go into it and think like you know how can i help you and and i like you listen to them. Number one, you got to listen more than you talk. I know that's hard right now for me. Cause I'm, I'm telling you what I'm doing. You're doing me. great. You're doing you great. Trust but, me. Trust me. To, me. Yeah. We have to listen more than we talk. Mm-hmm. And then like you think about it and you're like, Oh man, Mark said this about his business. I just saw that we got a program that came out from XYZ lender. I'm going to call him and tell him that I think this could really be beneficial or you know, the new Freddie Mac cash out thing, if if you've got a big investor base or whatever. So, you know, we've got to think differently about how we market and we've got to basically be thinking about them first and not our own wallets first and not look at it as I just need one more transaction this month to hit my
0: number. Right. You know? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very selfless and it's like that's farming right there. You know I mean? Yeah, and it's I, a long,
1: I, it's a long play. I've told a lot of people, you know, ten weeks in, I have not had a single like call where I've said, "Hey, Mark, let's go to lunch." Yet, I've had a couple that organically said to me, "Hey, Robert, that was awesome. Can you come in and talk to my team?" And and absolutely, one of the biggest things that I've learned, and I've told some other people this, when when a big team agent comes to speak, they invite their entire team, which normally we have no idea who those people are, right? Like if you don't get past the gatekeeper in an office, you don't know who their buyer's agents are, who their transaction coordinator is, or who their marketing person is. But when they've shown up to speak on the mastermind, they invite all those people. Now I run that through Eventbrite. I get all of their contact info, all of their stuff. And now I'm marketing to them too, because they're the people that I have to really win over as well.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, when it comes to marketing and things like this, which obviously I, I love the fact that you're not doing it the old school way. It's not coffee donuts anymore. It's, it's, it's truly relationships and, 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 and being a partner really is, is what it, what it is. What's the one piece of advice you would give to someone who may be struggling at this or maybe new into our business? So
1: I, again, the piece of advice that I would give is that don't go into it looking for a transaction. Go into mm. it looking for a relationship and a friend because the old adages are are still true to this day. People do business with who they like, know, and trust. And so you have to get to the point where the barriers are broken down and they don't view you as somebody that's just a vulture looking for a loan. They they want to know you, they want to be your friend, and and you have to I know it's cliche, but you have to you have to care about them and you have to do do life with them. If you can't stand them, you're not gonna work well together.
0: Period. And right. so move
1: on and find somebody else.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, okay. With your company, how would you, how would you describe, because I, I, you, you mentioned something earlier saying like, you know, you want to, you want to be a leader for them. You want to motivate them. What would you say your leadership style is?
1: So I, I my leadership style is, is not forceful at all. And if if I could tell you, and, and I had something like this yesterday with my personal team on my production uh, if I have a weakness, it's that I'm, I don't come down on my team enough, I'm I'm a little bit too passive in like, hey, it's okay, we'll work it out, you know, let them call me and be upset, I'll fix it, right. So um, th- if that if I have a weakness, it's that but what I've really tried to do is when when a loan officer says they're struggling with something, I don't like critique it and say, well, here's what's wrong with what you're doing, you know, I I kind of suggest like, well, this is how I would do it. And, and then let them say, yeah, that works for me or no, it doesn't. And, and we just kind of brainstorm through, well, if that's not the way that you want to do it, then how about this? Right. And, and so, you know, perfect example, I have a new loan officer that just came over from retail. I'm super excited about him. He's in Nashville, Tennessee. He's going to be at hall of aim next, next uh, week. I'm bringing him with me. Um, And so he's not used to, uh, on a, you know, on a lender paid transaction, having the comp show. And so we're having conversations about how do you handle that? And so, you know, I don't tell him what to do. I just say, well, you know, here's, here's how I overcome that. Right. Here's, here's how I would do it, but adopt your own style. The other thing that, that like, I'm a flowify user. I love flowify. Right. And, and, um, He said people are reluctant to fill out that, you know, to create an account so that they have a secure portal. And so it's like, well, here's how I explain that. It's for their benefit, not for mine. It's for theirs because we're protecting their information. We don't want to do business over email. And, you know, so I I have, a, I guess, Mark, I would say I have a more passive, suggestive style of leadership, Mm -hmm. but Totally willing. Like if, if my way doesn't work for you, then fine. Let, let me help brainstorm another way. Cause I love to talk about business and think about business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And everyone has their own style. We we, you know, I, I like people learning from other people in their leadership style, but you can't be someone else. It, it it just it it just doesn't work. So with that being said, what struggles do you have? I mean, is you gotta have some struggles with because different people have different personalities, you know, they're not always going to flow to you. So what, what struggles are you having with that?
1: Well, from a, from a struggle standpoint, again, I, 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 sometimes I feel like I need to be harder on people, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think that, that that's helped me in some ways because I have a ton of loyalty. You know, my, my processor was employee number one. She was, she was originally my contract processor. She's been with me for 12 years now which is unreal. Like I mean we're we're pretty much family. I've been to her kids' weddings and high school graduations and stuff. So so that makes it hard and the the struggles that I have are when you let your team become like family, it's really hard to correct. <laughs> Not, yeah, right? You know, it, it's it's really hard to, you know, get upset with them when when you let them get that close. And so you've got to you've got to kind of keep some barriers there. Um but the str- the other struggles that I've had are, I think some of my leadership style, it, because it's a little bit more passive, I'm not like out there rah-rah shaking the trees. And so, you know, we they go through ups and downs with their production because I'm not constantly like putting my thumb in their back, like, hey, we got to do this, we got to do this. Um, and, and so I think some of the struggles have, have come from that, just being a little bit more passive. And And truthfully, Mark, like, you said this earlier, I didn't come into the business thinking I want to have a hundred loan officers. I actually thought like what I want to do is be the rainmaker and just build a team underneath me. And so that's why when loan officers came to me, it was because they liked the system and they liked what we have. It wasn't necessarily because I'm like going to lead them through a great charge and be victorious. It was, it was, Hey, just come on board do what I do or do what you do, but it's going to work. We're going to put our processors and our team and our lenders and everything else behind you and, and you'll be successful, but we'll do it together and we'll walk through it together. So.
0: Love it. It is. once again, it's a partnership style. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it truly is, especially with you writing your own business as well. You know, the struggles that, that all these people go through on a daily basis. That's why I still produce. I've always told, I've always told my team, I'm going to produce no matter what. I don't care if it's one or two loans a month or whatever I have time for, but I'm going to produce because I want to be in the trenches with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think a big thing with, with leaders. And and I I've seen this because, you know, you and I've kind of come to know each other a little bit. I mean, you have to make sure you do life with your team too. I know I just said like, you got to keep some barriers up, but make sure that you're rewarding your team, do the top golf stuff, do the, you know, we, we've we tried to orchestrate where one Thursday, the very first Thursday of each quarter, we bring all of the ops people in and we do something fun during the day. Like we go axe throwing or we've gone top golf or, you know, we've just gone to a really nice lunch. And it's just kind of to build morale, build the, the friendships amongst the team and and do some of that stuff, too. And And that stuff makes you a great leader. It makes you easy to follow when you build an environment and a culture that people love, love to be a part.
0: Well, as you said earlier, earlier, you live life with them. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's about. You know, I, I posted something on Facebook the other day and I don't know when this is being aired, but I just talked about, you know, in, in my eyes, the most important assets of any is its team or employees, however you want to say it, you know, that that's the most important part. If you don't have good people around you, it's going to fail. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So okay, you brought up something real quick. I'm not. I'm going to pick your brain here for another minute or two. All right. Brought up Hall of Fame. What's your favorite thing about Hall of Fame?
1: Well, last year was my first experience with it. Uh, Was it the original? That was the first
0: year. Okay. That that was the first year we've ever done.
1: Yeah. Um. So so last year, uh, you know, obviously it was it was the trial run, so to speak. I mean, this year, honestly, I can't wait for Friday morning. I I heard Gary V speak when we did Fuse a couple years ago. And um, I'm super excited about that. Obviously the rest of the team, Matt's always good when he speaks um, and, and super impressive what he's done. A lot of us already know that, um, you know, you and Katie and and um, the rest of the team, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about it's a little bit smaller group than it, than it was at Fuse. And so I think like there's a little bit better chance to build those relationships, for example, um, I remember last year on the on the beach day, yeah. you know, um hanging out with with Chris Griffith and and um you know Chad Catani and Claire Mahoney and and um you know that was really like my first time to uh to hang out with Mr. Tallinger, which you know is is a lot of fun. Um <laughs> so
0: <laughs> so, is.
1: so like the community that you build within it's a it's a tighter group and um, you know the Thursday night welcome party was a lot of fun last year i think everybody's questioning what chick apparel is right so so i had to look it up you know i, I here's my thing if you're it, I, this probably won't air before we go but here's what i found out um if you don't know what to wear just go to vineyard vines and anything you buy from there you'll be fine for the for the Thursday night party
0: yeah it's like boat shoes like khaki shorts and like a hawaiian not a hawaiian shirt but more like a beach shirt yeah. you're good to go yeah yeah, that was a big discussion in our office too. We're like, okay, what is this? You know what I mean? But no, I, I, I love Hall of Fame. Beach Day was a ride. I met uh, I met two people on the beach that day that we've had like email messages, Facebook messages with, and then I sat down with them for two hours and I talked. I talked to, and one of them is Angelo. Uh, and I always mess up his last name, just um, He's in He's in one of the Carolinas and we talk all the time. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that, that's great. And just, just that one relationship that I have right there. It, yeah. it made it all worth it for me and for beach sure. day is the best <laughs> Yeah, for sure yeah so well hey hey listen robert i really appreciate your time you you did a phenomenal job i thought you gave great value great content this is definitely one that i'm personally going to push so i just want to thank you for joining us today you were awesome
1: yeah thank you so much and and i'm willing to to do this anytime willing to speak anytime willing to mastermind
0: anytime because i know i can get better absolutely absolutely well awesome okay robert well listen brokers if you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker you can also listen to all the broker to broker podcast episodes on itunes spotify google Podcasts, anywhere where you can download podcasts do me a favor rate the podcast leave a review subscribe to it it helps us get the podcast out there and spread the word that brokers are better and robert damn it you're one of them man i really appreciate your time today
1: thank you so much
0: Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you'll have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait. Sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.